Your Excellency, the presiding Bishop of Grace Bible Church, your great wife, overseer, prophetess, a leader in her own right, give them a big hands of appreciation. Particularly in these days when the whole entire world is experiencing leadership bankruptcy, poverty of leadership, and deterioration of Christ-like leadership, when God raises leaders of the commodity and the quality of Bishop Musa and Overseer Gege, we must praise God for them. They are South Africans. We must learn in South Africa to appreciate each other. to love each other and to be in unity because as Africans we have been divided by slavery, colonialism, imperialism, apartheid and other forms of oppression. And sometimes we are psychologically damaged. May the Lord help us to heal from this many psychological damage that has been done to us. Particularly the area of unity, uh, it is my big, big burden to see us divided. And some of the things that, you know, make us to be so divided, it is fear of unity. There are over 200 types of fears in the world. We shouldn't fear to be one. We shouldn't fear unity because Unity is not the sameness. Unity is not the sameness. Unity must be entered into in diversity. My wife and I have been married for the past 50 years. Yet we are different. Difference is not necessarily division. Tandi and I are different 
in definitions, in values, in interpretation, purpose to life, perhaps even goals. She's an educationist. She's a teacher by profession, and I am a preacher and a teacher by calling. We were at Lipalale for a weekend ministering together there and um, addressing that fast-growing church at Lipalale. Uh, I gave for a title uh, to the message I delivered there, Aggressive, Aggressive Persistence. I was handling the Canaanite woman. Now, as I was working on my talk in our hotel, I asked my killer wife, <laughs> because she's a teacher, she spells better than me. And I asked her to help me with the spelling of environment. Uh, she helped me, but she said, I will bill you for it. And I have been paying for the past 50 years. Friends, this is a continuation of our two-part message, rightly and relevantly titled, Pre-Pressing On and Post-Pressing On. Why pre-pressing on? It is simply because it implies before you can press on for the future, God needs to deal with you first. You need to be before you do anything. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need to be blood washed. You need to experience the power of the teaching of the cross. You must pass from death to life. You must have a relationship with God. And your name must be written in, in the book of life. You must be recognized by God and that perhaps Bishop Musa would call it a godly foundation he gave a very powerful talk on the screen on the importance of a foundation every one of us must be built upon the rock Jesus Amen. not upon stones not upon sand, but upon Jesus the rock. Amen. 
If you are built upon Jesus the rock, then you have the metric to move to the university of post-development. But before you develop into anything, you must go through the priest first. If you are saved, then we can talk about what I want to conclude with in this part two, which is verse 14 of our text. Paul said, I press on. If you want to press on, number one, you must approach pressing on as an individual. It is not something that you do as a group. It is not a group thing. It involves all of us, every member of the body of Christ, but you must approach it as an individual. Just like salvation, you come to the Lord alone. You will die alone. And you will give an account before God alone. That is why you will notice that Philippians 3 verse 14 opens with I. Let us all say I. I. It is Paul speaking. I press on. We need to approach development, growth as individuals. We shouldn't wait for our friends for approval. That is why there are so many babies, big babies, in the body of Christ. Gossiping, criticizing, biting each other. You find even preachers who are undeveloped, they preach against each other. Fight against each other to such an extent that we even forget to fight the devil, our common enemy. We should press on as individuals. Number two, we should press on towards our calling to save the world. I am fully convinced that the church should be stronger than society. Because greater is he who is inside us than he that is in the world. And that is the reason why the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, Jesus will always be there in his full presence. You may be lonely, but you are not alone. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are inside you. Yes. 
and they are also with you. Therefore, you and I are called to save the world. We are saved to serve. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 is highly educative. It says, faithful is he who calls you. Every one of you here is called. And you are not called to be an everlasting spectator. You must participate in witnessing for Christ, preaching the gospel, through writing tracts, books, through art, technology, social media, radio, Paul says, by all means that we may win some. We should go back to the basics. When I got saved in 1960, we used to do open-air meetings, going house to house, to street corners, share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. But today, you and I are scared to emerge for Jesus, to arise for Jesus. Some of us, we don't even say grace when we eat food in restaurants and hotels or in the plane. Or Superman. We must say grace. I say grace even when I fly business class or first class. Sitting between maybe a president or an ambassador, when the food comes, I close my eyes, I tell them first, you, I hope you don't mind if I talk to the God who enables the soil to produce food <laughs> agriculturally. <laughs> and in Kongela is Changana. And Utabona Bangwana staring at you as if you have just dropped from some heaven. <laughs> Prayer is not private. The gospel is not private. The Bible says the early church conquered Satan. Their testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and self selflessness. We should not hide under the cloak of COVID-19. We should emerge. You know, during the lockdown, I used to minister to my wife, Tandy, our grandson, Nati, and my daughter, Coretta. A congregation of three. It's a big congregation. It is a church where two or three are gathered. 
They were three. I was the teacher, the preacher. And after sharing with them, we would give our offerings and our tithes. And we would take the tithes to a local church. Take your tithes to your local church. Even during lockdown. And when you give, God will always bless you. You know, during this COVID, I'm saying this humbly, we never experienced hunger. God blessed us perhaps as never before in many ways because God is not poor. The economy of God never runs down. If you give, if you plant seeds, if you tithe, God will open the windows of heaven. We are saved to serve. We are saved to save the world. And I believe the organic church is capable of saving the world. If you and I can be serious about witnessing for Christ, preaching the gospel, giving out tracts, go back to the open airs and basics, go house to house, use every social media, use every talent to communicate the gospel, we can save the world. The reason why the Muslims and the Jehovah's Witnesses outsmart us, it is because when you become a Muslim or you become a Jehovah's Witness, you become its preacher from that day. Now with us, don't talk about Jesus. We are trained. It doesn't take degrees to share Jesus. Salvation is a spiritual experience. It is a biblical truth and it is a practical truth. Practical because when you are in Christ, you become a new creature. And everybody can see that you have drastically changed. You are no more what you used to be. Many of you here are so beautiful, pretty, and handsome today, you have forgotten where Jesus picked you up. Some of you, Amarnat Mbamba faces, Mkomboti faces, One couldn't tell as to whether you are coming or going. 
and Jesus has made you a dignified person today. People greet you wherever you go. Some even call you Mfudis. The glory of the Lord is upon you. The grace of God is upon you. The goodness of God is upon you. So, we should not be quiet about Jesus. Let us share him in parliament, in our businesses, in our enterprises. Wherever we are, let us shine for Jesus. Let us communicate the gospel. You know, I took my wife to eight days of celebrating our 50 years of marriage. Coming back, I bought, I designed and bought her a brand new ring. And I slided that ring in Charles Ngoveni's wimpy restaurant. Ungaba komba baby your ring. Look at that. The diamond. That's Elijah's wife alone. Because everybody calls Tandy, Tandy my wife. pressed on in his post-pressing point number four to a life of loving God. You know, you and I are called upon to love God with all our hearts, with all our might, with all our strength, with all our monies, our purses, our wallets, our houses, our cars. We should not be attached to any of the blessings that God blessed us with. Did you know some Bazalwani, when they eat in their house, they close curtains. Some find it difficult to share food. We must press on to a life of love, loving God. That is what First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 is all about. There are three great things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. Let us love God. Let us even do for God what God cannot do for himself. And some of the things that God cannot do for himself is worship. God cannot worship himself. 
you and I must worship him in spirit and in truth. And God cannot lie. Because God is truth. And when he sets us free, we are free indeed. We should live a life of love. And we should press on towards love. I received baptism of love many, many years ago. I love people, I think people, and I dream people of all the time. How Saratibatu, you don't know what you are missing. You know, people are beautiful. When I look at you now here, I don't see criminals. I don't see gays. I don't see lesbians. I don't see drivers. I see the image of God in all of you. You are all made in the image of God. When you look at people through the eyes of love, then you experience a little bit of John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. When Jesus came to the world, he did not come for the righteous. He came for sinners. He even sometimes ate with sinners. And he was accused for eating with sinners. And he loved them. You can never win the world as long as you hate them. And you and I, number five, we are called to follow a life of hope. Let us all say hope. You know, since COVID, many people have lost hope. We are full of negativity. We no longer plan for the future. Some of us who have buried our dreams, some started digging even their graves. They die before they die. Don't do that. We should move towards hope. And Christ is our hope. When we are weak, Jesus is strong in us. And lastly, we should move towards our vision. Let us all say vision. Every citizen of this world, whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian, you must have a vision. What is vision? Vision is the power of seeing. Vision is the ability to see what others don't see in you. Did you know that some of you have a baby leader inside you? When you go by public opinion, 
People will talk about your flaws, mistakes, shortcomings, blunders, sins, and they will never talk about the greatness that is in you. Maybe you need to revisit Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27, and 28. Yita kupapamisa. Verse 26 tells you that you are made in the image of God. Verse 27 tells you that when God created Adam and Eve, male and female, he blessed them. That word blessed them, it means he certified them. He approved them. He guaranteed them. The finished work of Christ on the cross has guaranteed every one of you here. You must have vision. One, you must have a personal vision. Let us all say personal. You must have a vision to, to wash yourself. <laughs> Jump into your tub, your shower. Work on your hair. Manicure, pedicure. It's hard to do this. Love yourself. Did you know there's nowhere in the Bible where the Bible says, love somebody more than you love yourself? The Bible says, as you love yourself. Have a vision about you. Dress yourself up. Look after your skin. I am 77 years. I'm still kicking. You can decide how you want to get old. And don't only have a vision about your, yourself. Have a vision about your family. Have a vision about your wife. Have a vision about your husband. Have a vision about every one of your children. Have a vision about your house. Change that old furniture. three bricks. You are saved, you shouldn't fear that. 
don't only have a vision about yourself, but also have a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream that one day his children will play together with white children. Every one of us must have a dream. Like Joseph. If they push you into a dry pit, right there in the dry pit, don't allow your dream to die. When somebody picks you up from the pit and put you in a slavery wagon, right in that slavery wagon, let your dream shine. Even in Potiphar's house, where Potiphar's wife attempted to rape Joseph, right there, let your dream be alive. Even if they put you in prison, right in prison, let your dream shine. Not only vision and dream, but also your desires. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you your longings, your aspirations. Pre-moving on. Post-moving on. We should not allow anybody to stop us. Let's keep on moving on. Hallelujah. Let's move on to our calling, our ministries, our talents, our gifts. And finally, we should see to it that we move towards our final place, heaven. Oscar stopper until ufichal hodimo. There is a certain song, Yasuzulu, Kikazwa Kiti lyrics sating. Erit di tabatsaru na di felelimo. There is a heaven. This home is not. This world is not our final home. We don't have to be reminded by Jim Reeves. Every believer must know heaven is our destination. And don't allow anybody to stop you from going there. Your friends, your relatives, governments who will pass legislations, COVID-19, coronas, viruses, Ebola's, HIV, AIDS, don't allow anything to stop you from your final destination. But while you are still here, let us be servants. Let us allow God to use us as tools, to use us at home, in our businesses, in our parliament, our workplace, wherever we are, 
Let us save the Lord. And I want to pray for every one of us here before I leave this platform. I know during the lockdown, even during this pandemic, you and I are going through Many believers have lost their joy, their excitement, their enthusiasm, their zeal. Some are scared of living. That is why there are so many suicides today, even amongst young people. Some prefer to kill themselves than to be killed by COVID. COVID, tell yourself, I refuse to die. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the bright and the morning star. He is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the light of the world. He is the salt of the world. He is your light. Don't stop doing good. Jesus is in you and he is with you. Shall we all stand? Hallelujah. This has been a great, great conference. If you, if you missed, if you missed Apostle Glomo's message, please get it on tape. We must keep on moving. Don't give up. Don't allow Sanballat, Geshem, Tobias, the prophets of Baal. Those who major in discouraging others. Press on. Every day, every week, every month and every year. And you must press on despite. Let us all say despite. And we don't want to mention these despites. There are too many. You, you must just keep on moving on. Shkwembutatana, we thank you. Because you love us more than we know. Even during these pandemics, you are more closer to us than we know. You are closer to us than our friends and relatives. Some of us should have died long time ago. 
you saved our lives and you never told us you did so. And we give you the glory. We thank you for the wonderful things you have done for us. Salvation, healings, deliverances, your faithfulness to us, your supplies, and the daily grace to our lives. We give you the glory. Help every one of us to press on. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.